Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Optive Theology Podcast. I'm Andy Schmidt, and I'm here today with a brand new guest. But before we get into that, I got to ask you guys to do two really quick things. First thing is we started video recording these podcasts. We're putting them on YouTube. The channel is called Optive Network. Just type that into the search bar. Go there, subscribe, like our stuff, comment. I don't know. Do whatever you want to do. The second thing I got to ask you guys to do that I've never asked anybody to do before but I'm asking now we've been getting a lot of new listeners, a lot of new followers, a lot of new subscribers on Apple and on Spotify, on Google, Amazon, all over the place and tons of downloads, tons of listens. And it's great. And I love it. So I'm going to ask you guys, if you, if you're listening on Apple podcasts, go down to the bottom and give us that five star rating. Takes zero seconds to give us a five star rating. Leave a little review Andy's a good looking guy, something like that. Pretty simple stuff. You know, I mean, if, if anybody leaves an Andy's a good looking guy review, I will give them $10 because, and it has to be a female, <laughs> it has to be a female. I'm literally recording this by myself in the house. That's how much of a loser I am. Okay. So make sure to go down there, five star this, leave a review, tell your friends about it. Let's try to get to a hundred reviews, hundred five stars. If you guys can do that for me, I don't know. I'll give you something free. We'll figure it out later. But thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy this next one. We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. So let's get into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Optive Theology Podcast. I'm Andy Schmidt here with the new guest. Mike Beresford. Mike is a pastor at High Point, but I'll let you explain who you are to everybody. I kind of just told him a little bit, but who are you? <laughs> who am I? It's a good question. I'm the old guy on staff here. Okay. Uh, Estelle and I are, uh, we've been here about six years. Mm-hmm. Been married 44 years, believe it or not. And uh, we've had an interesting life. Um, pastoring was really the only job I've ever had, mm-hmm. except I got fed up with the church once and got out of the yeah. Got out of pastoring and had my own construction company for three mm-hmm. years and ironically built churches. <laughs> so ended up coming back. I couldn't handle that without yeah. working in the church. But you've um, had an interesting career, uh, mostly just building um, ministries, handing mm-hmm. them off and leaving, yeah. going to do something else, which is why we've moved all over the place. I worked all over the globe. Yeah. But uh, grew up in the Assemblies of God. Mm-hmm. And then in Seattle area, um, I didn't even and know. then um, pastored in the assemblies, pastored in Foursquare, which mm-hmm. is a, a Pentecostal denomination, but uh, headquarters in Los Angeles, yeah. which has kept it kind of up to times. <laughs> yeah. And then was a vineyard pastor. Mm-hmm. And then worked for Billy Graham for 11 years. I was going to say, when are you going to bring... You always talk about that you worked for yeah. Billy Graham. Yeah, I built so ministry for globally for them. And mm-hmm. then um, pastored in a small church in Colorado. Mm-hmm. God really kind of hid me for a little while while I got healthy after traveling 200 days a year for 11 years. Yeah. And now I'm here. So I really don't know what I am anymore. I'm just yeah. a kingdom guy. Yeah. Just a, just a pastor doing what he should do. Here's the thing. Today, the topic is, who is the Holy Spirit? And I think we've talked about the Holy Spirit in a couple. We've talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We did a charismatic church podcast with Nick and Tom. But the Holy Spirit, to me, kind of seems like one of the more like mystical or like confusing topics or people or 
things in the Bible. And I think that it's good to talk about it because I was going through a time a couple months ago where I felt like I had Nick telling me one thing about the Holy Spirit and then Tom telling me another thing about the Holy Spirit. And they're both very different. And yeah. I, and I was just like, I don't even know what to think about the Holy Spirit. I don't know what voices I'm hearing. Is that the Holy Spirit? Is that what, what is it? And, and I think I just met with you and you made it make a lot more sense. And it seemed a lot more <laughs> practical to me. And I was like, well, I think this is, would be really good for people to hear because sometimes people can take really extreme sides on this. Yeah. And it's like, it's great. Cause Nick and Tom both do it out of like, they're trying to do the right thing and they both believe in it. it's awesome, but it can be really confusing for young people like myself to figure this out. Yeah. So I guess we just jump right into it. The first question I have is a basic question, but not basic really at all is who is the Holy spirit? So, yeah, the, so in Genesis, we, we see the, the picture of God, the father and the son and the spirit brooding over the darkness. And probably the first place that we really see all three of them together in the new Testament is the baptism of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, um, Jesus is present physically. There's a voice that speaks says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And then the imagery of, of, a like a dove, mm -hmm. uh, settling on, uh, throughout the old Testament, you have a variety of times when it says in the spirit of God, mm -hmm. um, that's who the Holy spirit is. He's God's spirit. Yeah. And three distinct persons. Yeah. The Trinity is can be a confusing concept, yeah. but um, each God, but with distinct um, functions and, mm -hmm. and dealt with distinctly in Scripture, mm -hmm. and yet the same God. Um, the Holy Spirit is so when Jesus goes back to to heaven, and he's, he starts his. Uh, John 14, 15, 16, 17, concluding in 17 to the priestly prayer, talks about the one who's going to come back. So Jesus came in bodily form mm -hmm. and uh, laid down who he was um, in the heavenly form, mm -hmm. says in Philippians 2, yeah. took on the body of man and in the person of man, manhood. And then he says, the Holy Spirit will come. I'm leaving but there'll be another who comes who will guide you into truth. Yeah. Will convict of sin in John 16. Mm -hmm. And he talks a bit about what, what the Holy Spirit uh, is going to do and does. Mm -hmm. And, and it's really been unfortunate, I think, in that um, a lot of denominations and churches have used the Holy Spirit or divine the Holy Spirit to justify mm -hmm. their beliefs. Mm. Um, I think one of the main purposes that the Holy Spirit came for was to establish Christ as Lord yeah. and a unified church believing that. Mm -hmm. And we've used the Holy Spirit in a divisive way sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's not been healthy. Yeah. And it's caused a lot of confusion. Well, and some people <clears throat> completely disregarded the Holy Spirit and say that it doesn't operate anymore. Right, which is interesting because uh, in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen it says that every believer is baptized by the Holy Spirit yeah. into the body of Christ. The work of the Holy Spirit really is the only way mm -hmm. that you, I, anybody can be a Christian. Yeah. Uh, he draws us, he convicts us, mm -hmm. um, justifies us. I mean, everything presents us to the father. I mean, the blood of Jesus did, Jesus did the work mm -hmm. to, to take care of our sin, but it's the Holy Spirit who works with our spirits. Yeah. Um, 
to bring us to the Father yeah. through Christ, the work that Christ did. Yeah. Totally. And so to say that he doesn't exist goes against the <laughs> yeah. very experience of yeah. becoming and being a Christian. It's a hot take. <laughs> you got to, you got to really search for that. But I think one of the things that people talk about all the time, and I think we should talk about is like hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit, or what does that mean? Or like being convicted by the Holy Spirit. And so we like know who the Holy Spirit is kind of. Our first podcast we ever recorded on Optive was called what is the Trinity? And like the conclusion of it, Nick was basically like the God is like so complex that even in his like basic being of the Trinity, we don't even understand it. Yeah. So that was like blew my mind. And that was like two <laughs> years ago, but like the Holy spirit is a part of that. And he's a part of God. And so how can we know we're hearing the voice of the Holy spirit in a world where there's like a billion different voices. And it's like, you know, a lot of, I think what I do sometimes is I try to make Christianity into what I want it to be. Yeah. And so it's like, that's my sin nature. And then I'll be like, Oh, something in my head's telling me that I should do this, you know? And it, and it might not actually be the Holy spirit, but I might think it's the Holy spirit. Yeah. So how can I know if I'm truly hearing the voice of the Holy spirit? What does that even sound like? Or so like, let's do start you with just it? people. Yeah. Do you have a conscience? I, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I think I do. Yeah. You haven't seared it yet. Yeah. Yeah. So your conscience is that they call it, you know, that the cartoons, the, the dark and the white on yeah. your shoulders, yeah. you know, and it's, it's whispering your what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. Um, so to, under, to answer your question, we've got to go to first Corinthians two. Okay. Starting in verse nine, I believe down through 16, where it ends with this seemingly ridiculous statement. Mm -hmm. Therefore we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. As if. Right. I'm Jesus. Right. No, yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> but there's there's this rational argument that's presented. Mm -hmm. And it says that who knows the mind of God mm -hmm. except his spirit? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's A. Yeah. Who knows the mind of man except man's spirit? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When we open yeah. our lives up to Christ and in our... Uh, justified we were forgiven we come into sonship mm -hmm. his spirit indwells within us yeah I just read you know the verse out of first uh, corinthians twelve thirteen, and ephesians 4 5 talks about the one baptism mm -hmm. um, in christ jesus um, and so we've got god in his spirit man in his spirit then there's this confession of faith or yeah. salvation and there's this becoming in Christ. Yeah. And it says the mind of mm. the of the spirit of God then knows the spirit of man. Yeah. Therefore, man now through God's spirit has access to God. Mm -hmm. Concluding there, we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. So A equals B, B equals C. Yeah. Therefore A equals C. It's hard to comprehend sometimes, I think, because like when I, I think in like a basic, when in American Christianity, you you hear like, okay, you're made new in Christ. So it feels like when you become a Christian, you have the mind, like you start as a non-Christian, you have the mind of man and the sinful flesh. And then it's like you come in and then you, you know the gospel and you accept the gospel and you confess and you get baptized. And the expectation is that that will just completely obliterate your sinful nature and the mind of man. And that's not what happens no. at all. And so no, as, let's put it in human terms for a second. Yeah. You have a father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, yeah. And, and yet you know how your father would want you to live. Yeah. Have you ever acted differently when your father wasn't around? 
No, I never. I know the answer to that. <laughs> yeah, yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But in the presence of your father, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you're aware of his expectations and you want to please him mm-hmm. because he's mm-hmm. given you so much. And so you begin oh. to conform to his image. Right. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we have the, we're in the flesh. We have this terrible thing called a free will. Yeah. And right. we have to subjugate it. Paul says you have to crucify the flesh. You have mm-hmm. to turn away from what the flesh would want you to do. Mm-hmm. And in Romans 12, he says you need to just think differently. Yeah. You need to think as God would want you to think yeah. so that you can know what God's will is. Right. Which means I have to take captive every thought, which right. is what it says. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to choose to listen to the world. I'm not going to choose to think selfishly. Mm-hmm. And I can do this because the spirit within me. Right. I'm different. I've been, yeah. generated. I've been transformed. I've been made now in his image. What's that mean? Yeah. Um, well, that's a huge... You we answer it real quick, but we were, we're going to do an entirely separate podcast on that question is what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Because I think that gets thrown around all no, the, the time. It's like, what does that mean? But go so, ahead. You know, Genesis 1, 27 says we're made in the image of God. First Corinthians 2, 16 says we have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. just talked about Galatians 3, 26 calls us his children. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians 3, 18 says that um, we're called to reflect God's glory. Yeah. Genesis 2.18 says we're high priests and stewards of creation. How can we do any of those things hmm. without the mind of Christ, without being filled with something yeah. that reflects hmm. God in us? Right. Because if we're not filled with him, we're left with the flesh. Yeah. It's not just a commitment. Oh, this is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. And now we're on our own trying to be perfect yeah. because it's just not going to happen. Our right. lives, both of our lives reflect that, <laughs> Yeah, right. you know? Yeah. And so we've got yeah. to come back to God gives us his spirit so that we can do those things. So mm-hmm. we can accomplish those things. Yeah. So back to your question, how do we discern? Yeah. We have mm-hmm. two things. We have the spirit of God, but then we also have, the word of God. Yeah. Over my life, I've had a lot of people suggest that God wanted me to do certain things. <laughs> yeah. And the one constant I've always done, actually there's two things. The test for me has always been, does that violate scripture in any way? Yeah. Right. The other is, does this seem like something Jesus would have me do yeah, from reading scripture. Right. And those two answers, most of the time, mm-hmm. give me a right answer. Yeah. They well, give that's me- what you said to me. When I went to your house and I was like in this like Holy Spirit is weird place and you were just like two things you got to ask yourself, right? Is does Does this align with the word of God, which I guess implies that I know the word of God. And so it means or I you need, should, or I should know the word of God, or I need to start reading the word of God. And so that, that's like a huge, that's gigantic. Like that's huge in my head because I think a lot of people's Christianity is more based off of like, I don't see a lot of people like really getting into the word of God, including myself. Sometimes it's just like, well, I'm going to like read like five minutes today and I'm going to like not really understand what I read and then just do it again tomorrow. Yeah. And you can't know if that voice is of God's word if you don't understand God's word. And so it was helpful for me to hear that because I was like, that means I need to actually know what God's word really means. Yeah, it does. Which is 
hard to do. And Nick just alluded to that in the sermon he preached today. Yeah. You know, that it comes down to knowing what's on every page, Mm -hmm. but not just knowing it, but knowing it here, here to the point where it becomes how you live. Yeah. And, you know, we always create these little things that mess things up. We had the bracelets, you know, what would Jesus do? Yeah. And it became trite for people, mm-hmm. but it's an amazing question. Yeah. Okay. What would Jesus do? It's like one of our prayer guides around here is pray like Jesus would want you to pray mm-hmm. for yourself or for this situation. Mm-hmm. What would Jesus pray for you? Yeah. That changes our prayers because <laughs> it leaves our laundry list in the dust. Yeah. You know, so the other thing that in first Corinthians 12, Paul talks about the, the nine, sometimes they're called power gifts of the spirit the gifts of the spirit. One of them is discernment. Yeah. And so we can ask God for wisdom, knowledge, discernment. Yeah. And, and he gives us those things. Right. Sometimes it's nothing more than a, just like, you know, this doesn't set right. Yeah. Sometimes it's a flash in the pan. Yeah, this isn't right. Yeah, this is wrong. Right, and I flee that. Yeah, or I stand to argue if that's that's what's called for. Yeah, but discernment is one of the things that the Holy Spirit helps us do. Right, because we do get confused. Yeah, we do <laughs> yeah. want to be peacemakers. We do yeah. want to avoid conflict. Many mm-hmm. people, you know, and so they're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. Right. And the Holy Spirit's screaming in your head, mm-hmm. that's not right. Right. But do we want to fight? Right. Do we want to cause a scene? And so right. we kind of shrink back. Well, Paul also says, don't quench the Holy Spirit or don't quench the Spirit, which would be like, which I don't. Okay. So <laughs> I'm on, I think me and you might be on the other side of that where it's like, because of our personality types, we might be more prone to like getting into the fight. Yeah. And like, that's for me, it's exciting and exhilarating. And I want to like, sometimes like my issue is like creating an issue when it's not even there. <laughs> so you can fight. Just so I can fight. Yeah. And so, and I don't, I don't think a lot of people resonate with me on that because not a lot of people are like that, but like how then, because when I hear that, I'm like, that makes total sense. You just need to say what's right all the time, no matter what, if you feel conviction, you do it. And some people get like deathly afraid of that. And they're like, I don't want to lose friends and everything. So what do you say to somebody who's like, I know the Holy spirit is in my head. I know they're telling me to say this thing, whatever it is in the situation. And I just really don't want to, or I spent most of my life quenching that voice. How do I get it back? So I was talking with a, a young lady last week and she has a friend who definitely does not live the way that God would want us to live. Yeah. But she's never wanted to confront her. Hmm. So she's just said, yeah, okay. And kind of passively affirmed. (laughs) Yeah. And that has gone on for 10 years. So recently she's just felt convicted over that, that Hmm. that's lying. Yeah. And and then she made a great statement that was the crux of it. She said, I've, I believe in Christ, I believe in the word, but I've never allowed Christ to be the Lord of my friendships. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she's like, I've realized that I don't have to lose her as a friend just right. to be honest. Yeah. I can say, I don't agree, mm-hmm. but I choose to love you. Yeah. Because that's what Christ would want. Yeah. If we don't love people in those situations, 
they never get the opportunity to actually hear the truth. Exactly. Yeah. We just shut them out. Well, right. when we shut people out, we're damning them. Yeah. And that's not what God wants us to do. It's like the worst form of hatred that you can kind of <laughs> yeah. Think he of. wants us to love people. Yeah. Honestly. Right. And so I don't have to like everything. In fact, I think I've told you I don't like everything you do. Yeah. <laughs> but yep. I love you. Yeah. Mm. Care about you. Mm. Want to see you succeed. Yeah. And and that makes the the dissonance palatable. We can we can deal with it. Right. We can we can grow. Right. And and so the the Holy Spirit is that motivator. He's the one who who calls us to truth. He's the one that uh, convicts us of sin, but he's, he's the one who draws us towards Christ. Mm-hmm. And in that, he helps us make decisions. Mm-hmm. And so if I know in the Capital Bible study on doing Wednesdays, yeah. um, one day they were all in a huff because of something somebody said across the aisle. Mm-hmm. And they were putting them down. And these are all Christian guys in, in the Bible study. And I For said, context real quick, I'll yeah. say you lead a Bible study at the like the Wisconsin state Capitol yeah, I do. with a bunch of like people on the right and the left basically. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is probably one of the hardest things to do in the world. <laughs> you know, we just stay away from politics and yeah. deal with personality and, right. and Jesus. And I said, stop. Everybody's kind of looked at me and I said, the person, the people that you're talking about were created in God's image. They may not know that, mm-hmm. but you should, because that's what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. If they were created in God's image and you're putting them down, even calling them names, hmm. what are you saying to the creator? Right. The room just got deathly silent. Mm-hmm. Now, the convicting and the driving thing in me, I think, was the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. calling them out because they're Christians. The Bible says I can do that yeah. to know the word mm-hmm. and then act accordingly. Yeah. And it was amazing to watch what happened. They were all convicted. Mm-hmm. A couple of them even got teary and they began to repent. Mm. That wasn't the human flesh. Human flesh would get right. up and fight back. Yeah. Right. It wasn't me because I didn't ask him to do that. Yeah. It was the Holy Spirit right. helping them recognize they were wrong yeah. to the point where it likely hurt God's heart yeah. because they're dishing somebody that he created, mm-hmm. whether they know it or not. Right. As Christians, we're not told we're told not to treat people like that. Yeah. Hmm. How do we love them? How do we be the ambassador? Second Corinthians five seventeen calls us to be mm-hmm. in a world that's that's full of hate. Right. Well, it's possible, but it's possible because of the work of the Holy Spirit keeping us on track. Yeah. So that we can love each other and we can differentiate between when it's the flesh and when it's when it's supposed to be God, the spirit. I think about like one thing that's a motivating factor for me and like speaking the truth to people, regardless of maybe the outcome, which is what we're called to do as Christians. I think about like, like what, what does it actually mean as a Christian to love? And that's like, Jesus says like, there's no greater love than to sacrifice your life for your friends. And, and I mean, in America, I'm not like, gonna say like i don't think i'm gonna have to sacrifice my physical life for anybody yet (laughs) we'll see what happens we'll see um but not not yet but i think as christians one of the things that you can do is like to not tell somebody the truth of jesus 
like you kind of just said, is maybe one of the most like hate filled things that you can possibly do because if they don't know it and they end up going to hell or whatever, like that's because you were afraid to say what was true. And the other thing is that when you were in that room with all those people at the Capitol and you spoke the truth to them, um, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like maybe you might have felt like the pressure was taken off you because the Holy Spirit was one that was moving in the room and you were just a voice that he was speaking through. Right. I think what I actually did to, to have it um, so that I don't get in that many arguments with people is I asked the question, what does God's word say? Yeah. Or I'll preface it with God's word says this and quote scripture. Yeah. That way it's not on my authority <laughs> right. as if I had any. Yeah. It's on God's authority. It's his word. Right. They can't argue with that. And if they want to fight, right, you have to say, take that up with God. Don't take yeah, it up with me. me. I'm the messenger. You're right, exactly. <laughs> well, this is, you talked about, we talked about, like, there's a power in the Holy Spirit, there's power in God's Word. Um, like, when, in what ways does the Holy Spirit operate in a Christian? And then kind of a, another question that goes after that, you talked about these, like, nine spiritual power things that we get from the Holy Spirit, right? How, what power does the Holy Spirit give you? Like, how does the Holy Spirit operate us? Not only in a way where we can hear him, but like in a way of like asking for wisdom and knowledge. Do we receive all of those? This is a huge question. So just okay. go, go. I'll get there. Let me take a little bit of a, a detour. Okay. One of the things that happens more in Reformed church, Reformed-based churches, yeah. is that we deal with theology a lot. Yeah. When you get into the Pentecostal and charismatic churches, they deal with the gospel narratives more mm -hmm. than they do the epistles. Okay. That because yeah. when you watch Jesus, I mean, just, I don't care if you take Matthew, Mark, or Luke, not so much in John, his, yeah, too, but, but like Luke is probably a good one. Just look through how many times does it say, and he was led by the Spirit. Or the Spirit of God was up, was upon him, yeah. or filled with the Spirit. Yeah. So, wow. the Gospels are a beautiful picture of how we live full of the Spirit. Hmm. So Philippians two six says that Jesus laid down his deity, hmm. took on the form of man, right. and lived life. Yeah. How did he live life if he laid down his deity? Because the Spirit of God was upon him. Yeah. The Holy Spirit was present. It's interesting. In the Old Testament, we see a lot where the Spirit of God um, came and often is the, the word that's like visited. Mm -hmm. He left again. He was there, but he left. In the, in the baptism of Jesus, he stayed. Mm -hmm. And right away, it says in uh, Luke 4, 1, he was led by the Spirit to the desert. Mm -hmm. Well. What happened in the desert? The temptations. Yeah. The Spirit led him right. to the temptations. Yeah. But because he understood the word, right. which is how he dealt with all the temptations. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Then it says that wow. he returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. What's that mean? You know, yeah. there he is. I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, 431, he then drives out an evil spirit. Yeah. In 439, he rebukes a fever, demonstrating his lordship over illness and, mm. and disease. 5-4, um, gives the disciples, uh, who weren't disciples yet, but a word of knowledge. He says, yeah. put your nets on the other side of the boat. Yeah. And he starts to illustrate everything that theology talks about, everything Paul, Peter, John wrote about. Yeah. 
Jesus demonstrates. So if mm. people want to know what it looks like to live a life of the Spirit, study the Gospels. Yeah. Read the narratives. What Jesus right. did, he comes back around and says in John 16, I think, and you're going to do even greater things than these. Than, yeah. And we're like, how can I do greater <laughs> than Jesus? Yeah. Because it wasn't Jesus the man. Right. It was Jesus the man filled with the Spirit. Yeah. The same Spirit that fills us now right yeah right who he was before he laid it down right to be a man yeah. here on earth well the way you just explained it, it feels like the holy spirit would lead jesus to a place where then jesus was for instance in the in the desert he leads jesus to the desert into temptation or into like this testing ground where then Jesus relies upon his knowledge and wisdom based off of the word of God. And the way that those two things work in union, like the spirit leading you and then like, like, okay, if the spirit leads me into a place <laughs> like, okay, anywhere. And if I don't have the knowledge of God's word on my heart and like imprinted into my mind, Spirit, Holy Spirit's not going to lead me anywhere because I'm gonna, I'm going to fail over and over again, and so I guess that begs the question: like, what comes first? Is it our like, like what should we desire first as Christians? Should it be a a desire to know the scriptures and like know theology, or should it be a desire to be led by the Spirit more? Does that make sense? Like, which one should yeah, we desire the answer first? Is yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You> <laughs> know, <laughs> think about a roof. Yeah. If you've ever built or, or seen a, a roof before the roof goes on it, mm -hmm. and framing only, you've got the slope of each side. Yeah. But then you have a tie that goes between them, keeping mm -hmm. the, the pressure the same so that the roof doesn't lean one way or the other. Yeah. The peak stays where they're supposed to be, and the slope yeah. stays on each side. You learn this in your construction days, right? Yep. <laughs> you, we've got to stay in the middle. Yeah. Word and truth i right. mean word and spirit so truth yeah. and spirit hmm. yeah. so i remember when i was uh, 18 i went to work in alaska and i was in love with estel mm -hmm. and so she did this she sent me flower uh not flower she sent me uh letters mm -hmm. and i read those letters mm -hmm. because i loved estel yeah and there was the relationship side but I wanted to know her more yeah. because of the relationship side. That's how it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. The Bible is meant to inform us of our relationship. Mm -hmm. And so why wouldn't I want to know as much as I can mm -hmm. about the God who created me, the God who loves me, yeah. the Jesus who died for me, yeah. the spirit who indwells me and empowers me and helps mm -hmm. me to live this life, to make mm -hmm. sense of things so that I can bring honor and glory to God. Right. It's, it's both. Yeah. If I get on one or the other, I don't have a complete picture. And yeah. I end up getting in trouble. Yeah. If I have all truth, then I begin to use the Bible as a weapon. Yeah. Well, that's not its intent. Yeah. If it's not, yeah. if it's not uh, balanced with love, right. if it's not balanced with a desire to see truth enacted, mm -hmm. if it's just that, I get sloppy. Well, so it's Nick said on this podcast at one point he said, "Grace without truth is appeasement," and I mm -hmm. think the, the other way around, you could say, "Truth without grace is legalism," and like 
that like you said it's off you, you're walking on this like fine line of grace and truth and making sure you don't fall off on one side like for me i'm always gonna fall off on the truth <laughs> side and so i've had to learn how to come back to you know give them grace and how that operates and so i guess maybe this leads into the, the question of in what ways does the holy spirit operate in a christian and in what power can we can we walk on this fine line while also using the power of the Holy Spirit, but not manipulating yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit? So there's a, a great little book called Empowered Evangelicals, mm-hmm. and it's a story written by a, a, a Jewish attorney mm-hmm. who became a law professor and then found Christ mm-hmm. and then ran full into the Holy Spirit and, and realized the conundrum he was in yeah. because he was all just truth prior to that. Right. And, and then this experience happened and he had to balance both of them. Yeah. Um, and he has a phrase in there that I've come to really enjoy. And it's the phrase naturally supernatural. Hmm. So as a Christian in the last few years, have you ever said something to somebody and they were like, how did you know that? Or, wow, that's what I needed. Yeah. Sometimes I do. So most, of the time, <laughs> most of the time people are like, you might be right, but you sound like an a-hole. But yeah, I, yes, that's happened. Yeah. Well, if... So what was that? Well, did you all of a sudden become in the flesh? Jesus, no, I did no, not. No, you didn't. <laughs> no. The Spirit was giving you, back to First Corinthians 2, Yeah. the Spirit was giving your... The Holy Spirit was giving your Spirit... Some insight on the situation. Right. Yeah. Which you verbalized into your own words yeah. and shared. And hoped that the other person could receive it in a way You that didn't even sense. know you were doing it. Yeah. Right. And they're like, wow, how did you know that? Right. That's just what I needed right there. And you're like, cool. <laughs> cool. Because what's cool right. is God just used you. Yeah. And he used you because you didn't even know it. Right. In the humility, your, your they, heart was yeah. open to being used. Yeah. If pride would have been ruling your heart, you wouldn't even hurt it. Yeah. You just gave him some false thing that you mm-hmm. thought was cool. Right. Maybe it worked for you and your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what they needed. Mm. And so yeah. the Holy Spirit gave you what they needed. You put it into, you put that concept into thought, right. thought formed into words, mm-hmm. shared it. And they're like, wow. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And you're like, I didn't do nothing. You know, and often you don't even know that until you walk away. Right. Another way the Holy Spirit works in our lives is is we find ourselves in a situation Mm. where we're stuck. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden there's an out Mm -hmm. and we take it. Or we just get this feeling inside of us that we shouldn't shouldn't go there. Yeah. Back when I was twenty eight, um, we had a favorite destination to go on vacation and my uncle had a 49 foot boat and my dad had a 36 and we had a ski boat and mm-hmm. we were going up to Desolation Sound just west of Vancouver, BC. And we're gonna spend a couple of weeks there and it was always just a great vacation. Yeah. The day before, or maybe it was the morning of, we're supposed to leave, Estelle comes in, she goes, I don't think we should go. Hmm. And I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> you know, we, we do this, it's gonna be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, we're ready to go. Yeah. Give me a reason. She yeah. said, I've been praying and I just don't think we should. Yeah. And I'm like, that's nonsense. Let's go get in. Three days later, I broke a vertebrae 
that was the beginning of my back trouble when I was 28. Oh, really? If I would have listened yeah. to her, and I learned later, it still took yeah. me a few years to recognize that often her mm-hmm. intuition was just the Holy Spirit speaking to her because he knew what was going to happen. Yeah. And he was like, don't go there. Right. And there have been many times since mm-hmm. where she's like, you know, I prayed about this and, and I think this. And I have learned just to listen to the woman <laughs> yeah. because, yeah, you know, for a couple of reasons. I've never known Estelle to have one day where she hasn't been in God's word yeah. our entire lives mm-hmm. before we were engaged, just dating. Mm-hmm. That's just something I know what her prayer life looks like. She mm-hmm. talks to the father. And if you have a conversation with her more than two minutes mm-hmm. or maybe sometimes under that, yeah, she's already got a verse going. <laughs> And it's just like, she's such a safe person yeah. to talk with because she's spirit led and gospel informed. Yeah. And what a winning combination. Right. When, when people give themselves to God's word and into God's people and his spirit, life typically gets lived really well. Yeah. Because they naturally are Christian. Yeah. The circular argument in first John is, you know, if it looks like a duck, smells like a duck, walks like a duck, it's a duck. Yeah. If you love like a Christian, think like a Christian, talk like a Christian, guess what? Probably a Christian. Yeah. How do we do that? We do Mm -hmm. that because the spirit of God dwells within us and Christianizes us. Right. You know, conforms us to, yeah. Right. Conforms us to his image. Right. Back to Romans 12. Yeah. And so we think like that. We, we don't do the things of the world. We do the things that are pleasing to God. Yeah. All of a sudden, the father says, nice job, son. Right. Well, I'm like, oh. I like that. I mean, I didn't know the story about she was, they just told, like, she was like, we should not go to that. And you <laughs> said, that's stupid. Let's just go. Which to me is like, <laughs> that's exactly probably what I would say. And so I'm like, what's crazy about that is that... It, God, then, you know, whatever was your back, right? Hurt your back and it's never fully healed. Right. And so basically the rest of your life, you've had like a physical reminder (laughs) to listen to the Holy spirit when it's speaking, (laughs) which is like, maybe I'm, you can tell me if I'm saying this wrong, because I'm going to speak for you, but you might want, you might tell younger people just listen when you have the opportunity so that you don't have to spend the rest of your life. in like, you know, I'm not saying that if you don't listen, that everybody's going to break their back. I hope not. But that's like, God will go to those lengths for people to humble them. And as younger Christians, and I mean, what I try to do and do a terrible job at it, but is to just try to listen older people listen to the Holy Spirit when I when I can so that I don't have to get my crap kicked in in some way you know yeah and that's again a a way to do that is go read the Gospels go read the narratives yeah spend time in in Matthew Mark Luke and John and Acts because those are stories of real people interacting with the Holy Spirit and if the Holy Spirit is God's Spirit then don't you think we could suspect him to do godly things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If God knows everything, don't you think the Holy Spirit could maybe speak something into your heart and yeah. mind yeah. that's reflective of something you should or shouldn't do in your future? Yeah. And so it says if you ask for wisdom, he'll give it to you. Mm-hmm. 
I often ask people, do you do the crucial, crucial thing there? Mm-hmm. Do you shut up long enough to listen? Yeah. You know, cause we ask and then we just jump right into it. Yeah. Maybe we need to pause huh. and really pay attention. What are the first thoughts after we ask God for something? Yeah. Could it be he actually would answer us huh. by just naturally, supernaturally imposing a thought into our mind? Yeah. Huh. When you stop and do that, you're surprised. Well, that's what he said he would do. Yeah. There really shouldn't be a surprise, but we have to give room for it. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, it's the difference between in your devotions, just getting through the passage to get through it so you can check yeah. the box and reading the passage slowly, maybe reading it out of several translations and, and pondering the question, you know, yeah. wh- what does this mean to me? What's it saying to me? Yeah. What would God have me do with this? Right. Is there something I need to repent of in this? Is there yeah. something I need to embrace in this? Yeah. And spending mm-hmm. some time contemplating and thinking about inviting the Holy Spirit in. If the Holy, if Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to guide us into all truth, one of my initial prayers every time I open the Bible is, Holy Spirit, guide me into the truth. Yeah. Help me get this. Right. Well, it's interesting because you're talking about praying, and I'm thinking like, like about waiting after you pray. So like I'm thinking about sometimes I'll pray about something I'm like, God, should I do this or whatever? And before I pray, I already really want to do it. And so then mm-hmm. by the time I'm done praying, I'm like, I still really want to do this. So that must mean God wants me to do it. And that's, <laughs> not, that's not the case sometimes. And no, so it's not. like waiting it out, kind of, you know, letting it sit for a couple of days and continuing to pray on it. And then maybe to get a more, you get yourself more even keeled so then you can actually truly hear the spirit because yeah. I think and what if we actually started there yeah true you know yeah. what if we had this opportunity to show up and the first thing we do is God is this something I should do yeah before we look at the pictures and and hear the stories and decide well this would be a lot of fun yeah and then ask God right true and I think this comes down to people's, well, we got to talk about convictions because this is where I think things can get confusing. And it's like, the question I have written down is, does the Holy Spirit convict different people in different ways? And it's kind of a weird question because like we just talked about listening to the Holy Spirit, you have to be in touch with God's word and God's word doesn't like change. So it's like, if God's like telling me that I shouldn't go have sex with somebody who's not my wife then he's telling you the same thing, right? Don't have sex with people that aren't your wife. That doesn't change. But it does feel like in some ways, like somebody might be convicted in a different way um, than I will on a particular topic. Or like, yeah. does that make sense? I, yeah, it sometimes does. Sometimes it's weird. It does. So know? on one side, the answer is the Holy Spirit always convicts towards godliness, mm-hmm. towards righteousness. Yeah. So that's the given. Yeah. Now, he does it differently, different people, because we have different strengths and weaknesses and personalities. Yeah. So for some people, he's going to encourage them to speak up. He's never going to encourage you to speak up. You automatically do that. He's going to encourage me to shut, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. so he's going to convict us differently to get us there. Yeah. Um, sometimes um, it's because of timing. Sometimes it's because of personal experiences, Mm -hmm. Um, but he will always, however he deals with you and me and anybody individually, it's always towards godliness, Yeah, towards being 
a child of God and acting and thinking like that. Well, I think that looks, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but I I think godliness might look different for different people as we're all different um, parts of the body of Christ. Like godliness looks the same in the sense that like you follow God's words, you stay out of sin, but in the way that you end up operating as a Christian where using your gifts and that kind of thing might look different. So like if I'm more evangelistic centered and you're more pastorally centered, we're going to do different things, but we're still going to be godly. But at the soul level, the heart level. It's, it's going to the be same the same thing. Yeah. We're going to play it out. Which can be c- confusing because I think people's convictions end up being like, okay, so like I feel convicted into, you know, I need to go evangelize to all these people and whatever. That's if I feel that way. Then I'm like, everybody needs to feel convicted that they all need to go out and evangelize to everybody all the time, which is kind of true because we're called to spread the word of God. Yeah. But it doesn't, but then like, what about the pastors? What about the prophets? What about the, what about the rest of the body of Christ? Yeah. So, so. You know, Paul says that we each have gifts and he calls them given by the Spirit. Yeah. Um, I do want to say something about the, the nine gifts listed in verse 12 and that. But there's also gifts of administration, of leadership, of mm-hmm. teaching, of service, and all of those. Yeah. And so what am I prone to do? Right. What's my natural bent? Yeah. Well, God created me with that. And so I'm right. going gonna to do that. Yeah. You know, some people are always just cleaning up after people. Mm-hmm. They're re- reestablishing the room. They're mm-hmm. doing the dishes. They're yeah. making things nice and livable. Yeah. Well, what a servant's heart. Right. Some you people know, are making things dirty. Yeah. <laughs> then there's us that, you know, we just make the mess. Yeah. And, you know, you, you've got to have leadership. You've got to have people then that make sense of the details. Yeah. And so... God has distributed those. I want to address the the nine gifts real quick. Yeah. Um, because the, the question often is, you know, well, what gift do you have? Mm-hmm. Verse in that passage in 1 Corinthians 12, um, verse 11 says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Mm-hmm. Over the years... Um, when I was working with Billy Graham, I got to meet some of the quote-unquote named Christians in, in the world. Mm-hmm. And some of them were just amazing mm-hmm. in their humility and their understanding of God's Word. And, and they were just pure. Yeah. They were truly kingdom ambassadors. And then there were others who were so full of themselves and owned what God gave them. Yeah. Well, I've come to understand, and I'm going to put it in that term, I've come to understand that the Holy Spirit owns all the gifts. If you come to me and um, you're broken in some way, yeah. whether it's physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, um, and I'm prompted to pray for you. And I say I'm prompted to because I don't think we should just automatically pray. Because hmm. sometimes that's just a cop-out. Sure. Yeah. But if I feel like I should pray for you, my first action should be be quiet yeah. and ask God how I should pray for you. Yeah. So that I'm now working with the Spirit or at least availing myself to Him. Yeah. So that 
I don't say something stupid. I don't <laughs> ask you to do something stupid yeah. that's not helpful to you. Right. And then I pray for you. Sure. Now, in that prayer, there might be a word of knowledge. There might be a word of wisdom. Right. There might be something that you hear and go, huh, hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Well, I'm not smart enough to tell you to do that either. Yeah. It was the Holy Spirit intervening. Right. Um, I might go to the next person and, and all of a sudden... Um, something else pops up and the Holy Spirit uses me in a different way. Right. Um, maybe this, nothing happened yeah. with you, but the next guy gets healed. Huh. Do I have the gift of healing? No, the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. He just used me yeah. in that gift. Now, I will say that there are, you get used to being used in certain ways by God. Yeah. And so sometimes God uses a certain person to heal yeah because they're aware of the process mm-hmm. well we say well he has the gift of healing no he doesn't yeah the he's, holy spirit right. does exactly and he's using that person right and usually the people who like quote unquote have the gift of, of healing will tell they'll be the first ones to tell you i don't have the gift of healing it's just the holy spirit within me that's or the way it's supposed me. to be yeah too often no sometimes that's actually not the case and then it becomes pride <laughs> yeah Right. And now they're praying and spouting off. Yeah. And nothing's happening. Yeah. And so now they've got to manufacture something. Yeah. Or make excuses. Right. That's just evidence that it's not not their gift. Right. And so we have to be careful not to take ownership. And yet we're also always should be available to be a conduit of what the Holy Spirit wants to do and work in and through us for the benefit of others. In John 17, the priestly prayer, Jesus said something that's really cool. He said, the Holy Spirit's coming who will, who will um, point to Jesus. And Jesus said, and when I'm lifted up, I always glorify the Father. Hmm. When the Holy Spirit works in our lives, it's not to bring pride. It's not to bring um, credit to him or to us. Hmm. It's to lift up the name of Jesus, who in turn always glorifies the Father. Mm-hmm. It's like the kid who catches a touchdown mm-hmm. and the dad in the stand gets all the glory. Everybody's thumping him on the back like, yeah. great job, as if yeah. he did anything. Right. You know, yeah. He's just sitting there watching his kid. All he did was have sex a couple of years before to have the kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he did. Anybody can do that. So. You know, and and it's, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, and so we have to be very careful, I think, to stay humble yeah to acknowledge that all good things are from god yeah and to give him credit for it yeah we give him credit for it we stay humble right the at like the beginning attitude needs to be in humility for this to even work out yeah which is very hard (laughs) (laughs) for some of us one more question that i think we can wrap this up with because i i want to talk like i think it's important to kind of Topics like the Holy Spirit get heated. You know, people get fired up and, and it's like, this is how the Holy Spirit works. This is how it's like, okay. How, we talked about the Reformed Church and the Charismatic Church and different ways that people operate within the Holy Spirit. How can we as Christians in the Reformed and the Charismatic Church and in all churches and all people find a way to like not be so divisive about this topic of the Holy Spirit? Because I've seen it be divisive and I'm not even, I haven't even been here that long. So it probably gets worse. Yeah, it does. 
there's a couple things I think we have to know. One mm-hmm. is that God loves unity. Mm-hmm. So anytime we're working against that, we're probably wrong. Yeah. The other thing is that um, God doesn't work to glorify man. Right. All things around God glorify himself. Yeah. Which is another thing if we know that. The other thing is be humble. Mm-hmm. You don't know how God's going to work. Yeah. I've seen crazy things. I've seen crazy things that were called Holy Spirit that weren't. Yeah. I was in fifth grade in the Philippines. My dad was in the Air Force, and they had planted this church just off base. And it was kind of a mixed group of, of uh, Air Force families and Filipino families. And, mm-hmm. and one day this uh, Filipino girl brought her mother, who was visiting from one of the mountain tribes. Mm-hmm. And she remember she had a long cigar, and she was about four foot five and hunched over, and and uh, she didn't speak English. Yeah, she didn't speak Tagalog, which is the national language. She spoke a tribal language that was a variant of Tagalog. And um, the service was ending, and this guy stood up, and one of the two of the gifts in in First uh, Corinthians twelve is the speaking of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. And he gave an interpretation in an unknown language. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, he gave a message in an unknown language and then sat down and nobody said anything. It was getting kind of weird because, like, <laughs> what are we going to do with this? Yeah. All of a sudden, this little old lady's tapping. She's crying and she's tapping her daughter's shoulder. And her daughter leans over and you could hear him whispering because it's just silent in mm-hmm. there at this point in time. And his, her daughter raised her hand and she goes, that man just told my mother in her tribal language who Jesus was and explained the gospel to her. And she just said yes to Christ. <laughs> and she said, I don't know enough. I remember some of the words because I've been away from the village for 10 years. Yeah, I know some of that to be true. I heard enough of it to know. That was true. And, huh. and God was speaking to her right. because she's the one that needed to hear it. Yeah. So he did it in a manner that she could understand. Right. The guy had no idea. Right. And, and we have to be very careful how we judge how God is God. Yeah. We also have to be very careful that our hearts are open to both spirit and truth. Now, everything I just described in that story, Paul explains in first Corinthians 12. Yeah. That's how it played out then. Mm-hmm. I've seen it played out different ways. I've also seen it played out where my grandpa was a pastor and he was a straight up Pentecostal pastor. And there was this old guy that seemed like every Wednesday night at prayer meeting, he stood up and said the same thing. And I remember one time Pop was like, John, sit down. Because <laughs> it wasn't anything prophetic. It wasn't anything, thus saith the Lord. Yeah. He just wanted to speak. Yeah. And... He just needed to sit down. Yeah. So Papa called, sit down, John. Yeah. You know, you're not representing the Holy Spirit now. You're representing yourself, and we don't need to hear it. Yeah. And he pastored the situation, and John sat down, and Papa talked to him afterwards and explained what was going on, and yeah. John got it. Huh. So it's not our place to judge. Yeah. It's our place to be humble. Right. And it's our place to love Jesus. Yeah. If I truly love Jesus love his word, Mm -hmm. invite his spirit into my life and am available. Mm -hmm. 
I hate to make it sound simplistic, but it's not any more difficult than recognize that when your dad walks up, mm-hmm. you act in ways that are pleasing to your dad. Yeah. And you talk like him, your mannerisms are like him, mm-hmm. you're his kid. Yeah. We belong mm-hmm. to God, mm-hmm. says we're his sons and his daughters. Yeah. And and he gives us what we need to do that. Yeah. And that's through the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. A hundred percent. I I think it might be good to like finish this off with a prayer. So do you want to pray? Sure. All right. Father, thank you that you love us so completely that you didn't just give us a set of rules. You didn't just give us a standard. You gave us Jesus and you gave us the Holy Spirit to indwell us in a way that honestly we don't understand. But there's enough evidence in the stories, there's enough truth in the epistles to help us to have a picture of what it is to be your sons or daughters and to trust you that as we choose to live life towards you by being in your word, by wanting to be a good example of who you are, that you'll give us the spirit to guide that. You'll give us the spirit to empower us to not sin, but to do good. You'll give us the ability to discern when evil um, hides itself and and tries to tempt us to do something, to recognize it for what it is, and to flee, to flee evil, to flee... temptation, or maybe even to stand and refute it and to fight it in the name of Jesus. Father, this plays out differently for all of us, but at the end of it, all of us know that you work on our behalf for our betterment and for your glory. So help us to be humble, to receive, to be knowledgeable of your word, and to live it out the very best that we can, knowing that naturally, but very supernaturally, you're also at work in our lives so that you're honored, so that people see that we're different and the difference is because of Christ's death on the cross in our life and empowerment of the Spirit, so God's honored and glorified. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. And thank you for coming on the podcast. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, we can do it again. Um, I thought it was really good. I was like, I got to get Mike on here to talk about the Holy Spirit because when you talk to me about it, things were just more clear. So it was helpful for me. Maybe everybody else who listens to this, maybe it didn't make any sense to them, <laughs> but, but it was helpful for me. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on and thank you all for listening. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Goodbye. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. <laughs>